Let's start out with your name, who you are, and what you do. Well, my name is uh, Ismail Zawji. I am a designer of sports, or at least that's how it started out, but I'm currently the managing executive of a design business. Okay. And what, what does that even mean? <laughs> a lot of different things. I think at the, at the heart of what we do is what I would term experience innovation. So our, our capabilities are quite broad, but we're focused primarily on how different fields of design are organized for outcome. And that outcome is typically you know, creatively shaping value in businesses. And that's how we see the impact of what we do. So that's, and, and across that, the managing director role is like, it's everything, it's IT, it's HR, it's capabilities, the skills, culture, mindset, delivery, and all of that. So you're painting with a really broad right. palette of yeah. colors. I hope so. <laughs> well, in the design business, how long have you been doing this? So as a, as a designer, I actually started off as a, uh, a very traditional visual graphic design. That's probably where, where, where I started off. And as the market started changing, you know, people just started coming into the studio asking for different stuff. And it turns out I had like a, quite a love for, for the digital part or what was emerging as the, as the digital part of, of design or the experience, the experience leg of design. And that's going on now 14 years. 14 years. 14 years. What is the, uh, what's the most common customer experience design problem in the last year for your team, for your clients? Onboarding. <laughs> That's it. Uh, so, so a lot of the clients that we, that, we, that we work with are big enterprises. Uh, and so, you know, South Africa has a very unique problem in that sense, which is the operating model of, of the businesses we work with, especially financial services, are heavily fragmented. But they're not, uh, I won't say fragmented, let's say federated, which means you know, they're designed for operating model efficiency. When you add the experience layer on top of that, you start asking questions around how is the brand related to the product and how is the product related to the systems and where in this whole picture does the customer come into play and you figure out that all of these things have different owners and different stakeholders and different forms of making decisions. And I would say getting the customer into an experience uh, and designing for that experience is incredibly difficult because it's, it's the underlying environment is quite disparate, very split up. That's probably Fair. That sounds like a very, very, yeah. very acute version of a challenge that we see in a lot mm -hmm. of different brands, organizations, and industries. How does your team tackle that challenge? I think we're firm believers in the idea that collaboration can supersede any artificial lines. I think that's one of the things we, we really focus on. And so we have, we have very big fans of objectives and key results. And we know that a lot of people differ on the approach and style. So typically in an organization, you have you know, product-centric people who have a very different way of going to market, so to speak. Uh, you have the technical um, fraternity who, who think very differently from us, but they, they, their considerations are very special because they deal with something very specific. I would say 
the part that we all agree on is where the value gets created and we agree on the customer part. And so we try our best within our work to focus on where can we breach the gap uh, in terms of all of these different pieces and align people around the customer. Because you could speak about design, but nobody wants to hear designers talk about how awesome design is, uh, but we can all align on the fact that we want to do the best for, for the customer. And so we sort of reverse engineer that point of view into who can be responsible or should be responsible and accountable for each one of these pieces. And that's typically where we start to organize journeys. What I like about what you said is <clears throat> it's very consistent with what I, I hear from CX leaders everywhere in the world. That being said, what I know about South Africa now, Africa, is the African consumer is so different compared to what people generally think of as a consumer in, in, in our industry. And what I mean by that is when you are subsisting on less than you know $1,000 a month for your entire family, everyone involved with you, and many South Africans that I've interviewed are actually sending money to elsewhere in Africa to support people, those consumers are very thrifty. They have a different sensibility about expectation of service and value, and their engagements are, in many ways, much more sophisticated than your general buyer in, let's say, the United States or the UK. Yeah. So you're, 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 I'd say that only as an overture to you, because what you said sounds in many ways normal to other CXers, mm -hmm. but we're one to we're, work with you for a week. I suspect they would find that the level of collaboration versus bureaucracy that you face is probably unparalleled. I think that people would find that your ability to um, measure and track customers is vastly less in some purchase decisions, but vastly higher in transactions. And I would say that people would find that um, while you have described a lot of the, the common terms of the industry, your insights around speed to market, or let's even call it um, market fit planning have to be extraordinary. And I'm just saying that from just listening to you for five minutes, how accurate was anything I just said? I think it's spot on. And I, I, one of the things we've come to understand as a designer, because you know, along my history of work, I've worked in different places. One of my favorite places um, where I think I grew up as a designer, incidentally, was IBM. So I worked for about four and a half years at IBM in enterprise services and then later in IBM Interactive. And IBM has a very unique way of bringing the world to you in that sense because you get to deal with so many different regions. So at some point you're dealing with uh, you know, designing experiences and organizing journeys and services in the UAE, then in Kenya, then in Nigeria, then in South Africa. And South Africa is probably one of the toughest places to design for. 
it's incredibly difficult. Uh, a, a friend of mine who I, who I knew who at, at IBM always described to me the idea of doing a journey in the Netherlands versus doing a journey in South Africa. And it's like, in the Netherlands, everyone's Dutch. And in South Africa, you don't know who you're really designing for until you have market-led evidence on behavior. So you can't do the demographic split that well. And you can't do uh, the way typical like banking segmentation works, which is people organized by things like income and age. So it's really difficult to isolate a particular kind of behavior that you're working for, which is why I love the work of uh, Clayton Christensen, if I'm getting that correct. But he's, he's one of my favorite people because he helped organize the idea of the job to be done. And I think that helps speak to a much broader set of behaviors from a, from a journey perspective. A good example of this is there's a very small middle market in South Africa. So it's either you're dealing with the concepts of like inclusion, where you try to make everything as accessible for the, for the masses as possible, or you're dealing with the high end of a very wealthy class who have very radically different expectations, and then in the middle is just, a, it's like an array of, like a three-dimensional array of customers that you can't really pinpoint one in any group depending on the way you're looking at it. And in this instance, when we look at some of how we approach design from that perspective, if you design for the broader behavior, you're more likely to get traction um, as you move up. But again, dealing at the point of archetype versus, pure, uh, versus a persona is really difficult as well because you can't narrow down to those subtle nuances that create exceptional moments in the journey that really build brands or move things forward. Well, well let's be honest. Um, purchase impetus, the impetus for purchase in the United States might be um, based on a lifestyle caused, lifestyle insight caused by um, famous superstar performer now. But here you have the impetus for purchase may fluctuate like the weather based on crises. Um, I bet you just based on how much power is on or off yeah. in a given time period may change the dynamic of what my family needs this week. Mm -hmm. Might have to shift from water to uh, chocolate. I don't know, but you're faced to, and I, and I just, I highlight some of this because in your mind, this is all natural to you, but in the wider audience's mind, they have no idea what you're going through. So I just try to voice this for you. I don't mean to put words in your mouth. The, um, <clears throat> but based on everything you said, here's what that tells me about folks like yourselves. You're probably one of the strongest innovators in the world in terms of CX. And I see that not just with you, sir, but everyone I speak to in this market, the challenge is more complex with almost 90% less resources. And the customer is not really one customer. There are two or three different customers spending the same coin. Mm -hmm. And 
so these innovations must have to must take place to have the economy continue to move forward instead of backwards. What can you just tell me one innovation maybe that that you've seen or you've worked on that you feel really sort of epitomized what I'm describing as the challenge and solution here? Depends on the kind of business. I would say if you're looking more at like the retail market, I think they've done an exceptional job at, or at least an attempt at solving for this digital divide, so to speak. I think a lot of South Africans deal with the issue of just geographic dispersion. And so, you know, things like delivery services, not as simple to get for everyone. Depends, again, it's very location-based on, on, on where you are. And so innovation in experience really has to push. And the way I like to draw, if you can imagine me drawing something, I've got an axis that says customer value. And then on one side, I have business value going, going horizontally. And in our market, there's designers who are working on experience innovation at a, a systems and process level. Then there's at a product and services level. And then with the maximum level of impact is at a business model level. And I think having designers apply their craft at that level is the thing that creates or unlocks the value for everybody. And the business model innovation leg and its integration with CX is where we're starting to see things like bridging the gap in the digital divide, more accessibility to, to basic uh, services, more innovation in the underlying legal and compliance and information frameworks that sometimes limit people's uh, access to things. A good example of this is, is in banking. You know, before, with banking, you needed what we call proof of address. And there's so many people who just don't have that. So you have to go to the police station, have an affidavit signed. Some people were using the police station as their proof of address. Uh, and now we've been able to apply things like the risk framework, the risk-adjusted framework to it. So we can. there's different ways of dealing with the problem. There's different ways of staggering experiences to get people to a certain point within them. And I think one of the advantages that we have, and maybe it's not as digitally led, but in South Africa, personalization is still very much about dealing with people face-to-face. And so there's a point in almost every journey where I think of where the brand and the experience and the product is being delivered by people. And so we get to be a bit more creative with that interaction. And so for us, the experience innovation is actually in the engagement between people as opposed to, you know, sometimes people and self-service, as an example. I think that's where the, the key innovation comes in. One of the things that our, our team works on is financial advice. And we're doing this through what we call a digital advisor experience. And that's a digital model that's designed around two people engaging with each other. And I think that's sort of where innovation in this context is going to come from. It's very difficult to say that we're going to lead experiences uh, and the way they're developed and the way they're orchestrated if we're focused only on the moments where we can compete on things like speed. And that's become one of our biggest issues. 
And this is something that I try to advise all of our clients on. Innovation and experience is not uh, based on things like speed. Speed is a good component. It's a good part of it, and you, you'd probably want to have it. But it's not necessarily what's going to build your brand. It's not going to, it's not going to bring your proposition to life inside that journey. And if you're competing on things like speed, like how quickly you can onboard a customer, you're really giving yourself the lever of who has the best tech. You're not giving yourself all of the other, the freedom to explore of the other parts of your business where you can accelerate experience. So sometimes we need to focus on not just the speed part, but we need to focus more on brand. We need to focus more on propositions. We need to focus more on really materializing clear proof points that it's evident in journeys that are more holistic, that cover a lot more space uh, in business. That's where I think the real innovation is going to emerge. And I think it's still yet to emerge. I don't think we've, we're anywhere near what I would consider um, a solution for that practitioners can look at and say, there are clear patterns for how we solve for, for these kinds of things. But one thing that's emerging is, uh, that's emerging is you know, personalization in our context is, is very much based on people those interactions and how they deliver things like your brand can actually be designed. And they can be orchestrated at scale. So I think that's the way it's good. But only if we're working with designers at a business model level. If we're constraining design teams to help us mildly improve the way a process works by applying the customer layer onto it, it will naturally be limited in its solutions. Brilliant. Just thank you so much. Last, last question. I just would love for you to um, tell me your name again. And if you had one thing to say to the rest of the world, what would it be? I'll start with my name. <laughs> so my name is Ismail Dauji. I'm the managing director of Immersion Group, which is a, an experience, product innovation or experience innovation company. Um, one thing to say to the world, that's a tough one. I'm gonna go with, we need to care more about the things we make. I think that's absolutely key. Uh, we find that sometimes in, in product-centric businesses or in, in very particular market contexts, there isn't a great deal of care that goes into the craft behind something. And so just your day-to-day your, your -day interaction with everything around you that's supposed to make life better feels broken. Feels like some system is down, something's not working properly, my order got cancelled, the driver doesn't know where my house is, there's just all of these things that feel incredibly broken. And I think there's some underlying causes for it, but I would say the one thing I would say to anybody who's either in CX or UX or any one of the, the, the design fields, which is primarily our job is to you know, render good things, to make things better. So I would say a, a great deal of care and creativity, creativity needs to go back into what we do, doesn't matter what you do. I would say, I'd focus naturally on the design fields, but I would say 
whether you're a business analyst, whether you're a UI designer, whether you're a CX, whether you're in service design or whatever it is we use, whatever the term is we're using today, I think the, the care aspect needs to become a much bigger part of the way we think. Awesome. Thank you for being on the podcast today. Lovely to be here. Thank you for having me.